Hey everybody, welcome to the On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, the official and only podcast uh, for our website. Uh, I am your host, uh, Kareem Anderson. I'm joined by the world's greatest co-host. Arif Bacchus. Yeah, we're here for uh, another podcast about Microsoft stuff um, in what could be considered a sort of a slow week, but we do have tons of news still, uh, specifically especially about Xbox stuff. I know a lot of people love hearing that. Um, yeah, we get, we'll go through the rundown and uh, talk about what we, have, what we have for today. So as this is our 10th tenth, tenth episode now, and as usual, we start with our rundown of topics for the day. So our first topic, like Kareem mentioned, is our Xbox Series X review. Uh, we were planning to have our writer, Laurent, appear on the show, but uh, he also purchased the Xbox Series X. And in addition to the Series X, which Microsoft sent us for review, he's planning to review the Series X sometime next week. So he'll be joining us on the show next week to talk about both consoles. But for now, we have Kareem and myself on the show today to pretty much summarize Lawrence's review. And uh, Kareem can get us into our second topic, which is? Yeah, we have some possibly uh, some gossipy news about a Surface Pro 8 prototype, uh, kind of where Microsoft might be going uh, for this next version of its uh, Surface, even though it kind of missed its fall hardware launch. Uh, I know that uh, that they're planning stuff for Q1, so uh, we'll talk about that. And then our third topic is something everyone always loves to hear about, which is Microsoft Teams. Uh, there was a lot of Teams news this week and Teams rumors, so we'll just be uh, recapping that for you guys who are looking forward to something very important in Teams, which people who work for different organizations like myself might end up appreciating. Yeah, tons of team stuff. And then uh, we'll jump into our week ahead stuff where we talk about Xbox launch event. Uh, and I think something dear, near and dear to Bacchus's heart, which is... <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll be talking about, uh, well, not talking about because we're not Apple insiders, but we do have some rumors coming <laughs> up about Apple's uh, November 10th event where it's saying that they might be introducing the long-awaited ARM MacBooks. So Karima and myself will have some chit-chat about what we think about these Mac incoming MacBooks. Then, of course, myself, um, I did pre-order an iPhone 12 Pro Max, so I'm planning to review it for on Microsoft, uh, if not this week, maybe next week. So I want to talk about it. Like, What is it like using an iPhone as a Microsoft fan? Can you be a, a Microsoft fan with an Apple product? Yeah, this goes back to, what is it, 2017 when Nadella took stage and talked about his his Microsoft phone, which was just an iPhone loaded with Microsoft apps. So <laughs> yeah, so we'll be revisiting that topic with my yeah, iPhone and, review. And just as a quick uh, note about uh, world events, we do now have an official 46th president, uh, Joe Biden, which was... Uh, announced uh, earlier today. We thought we'd just mention that, um, especially in context of um, some news about how Microsoft's kind of buddying, buddy, buddying up to uh, the uh, upcoming presidency and their relations, the relationship with the previous one. I know we we have written a lot about uh, the Jedi Project and how um, the Trump administration's involvement with that has affected both Amazon and Microsoft. It looks like Microsoft's hoping to avoid that. Uh, we reported about some donations they made about two weeks ago. Uh, they didn't make the donations, but we reported about the the findings of that from the FEC about their donations to the you know Biden 
administration just kind of wanting to get on chummy terms where we we assume most of the tech companies will come out and with their congratulations congratulatory responses uh as they did with uh the trump administration as well so we just thought we'd say that off the top of course but uh everyone's here to hear about our xbox series x yeah who cares about why, the do, why do i keep Wait. making this mistake every single week it's xbox x series review to be certain <laughs> I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. I think the day that you get it correct may be the day we need to shut down the podcast. So if you walk into a GameStop and be like, can you give me an Xbox uh, X? Will they give you a Series X or or X? Or what? They they, prob- they themselves probably will, will be confused. I think they're going to they're gonna toss you an Xbox One X marked up. That way they can get those margins. Anyway, <laughs> uh, now official here. So if our long-term readers and our readers might have noticed this week that our official review of the Xbox X series went live. And uh, as we hinted last week, our writer in France, Laurent, he was the one who did the review. And this was a review unit provided to us by Microsoft. So before we go anywhere, we'd like to thank Microsoft for sending it our way. And of course, like just like his unboxing last week, uh, Laurent had a pretty, mu- pretty nice piece up, uh, up on the website where he guided us through the Xbox X series experience. And of course, it's not a technical review. It's a review from the layman's perspective of a casual gamer or someone who just plays Xbox for the games. And this is something that he's really good at. So I highly suggest that you guys check out his review. The link will be below. But too long, don't read version. Lawrence review isn't that technical, and it's more of what about it feels like to play existing and next-gen games on the console. Yeah, um, as Eric just explained, you know, um, it's, you know, the unboxing that we kind of went through and just the look and feel, not necessarily um, resume speeds or uh, processing power or anything like that, especially since we're early into this, super early into this uh, next-gen console. We're not going to be seeing the full potential of uh, all the games. Uh, I know that some games that are launching or being played on this platform will come with day one ray tracing up, upgrades and packets for that, uh, just to kind of explore those options. But um, you know, this is just as the box comes and just with the games available that he kind of went through. Um, his thoughts were that the hardware is solid. Um, he mentioned specifically, quote, the Series X is the quietest Xbox console I've ever had. Uh, the Xbox Series X isn't that much bigger compared to the Xbox One, uh, which could be a plus or minus for those of you who were fans of the uh, industrial design of the Xbox um, One X. Um, you know, we've seen the side-by-side comparisons of the PS5 versus the Xbox uh, Series X. and you know, just where it stands, it, you know, is not, the Xbox Series X isn't as flashy uh, as the PS5, uh, but, you know, it's utilitarian design, you know, works for some people. Uh, beyond that, um, he mentions that, you know, the, once you get into the game, I know a lot of that was embargoed, the OS is pretty much the same as it is on um, the every Xbox. other Xbox console. Yeah, every other yeah. Xbox, uh, um, Xbox One. Um, except, so, except for the dynamic backgrounds, which are exclusive to the next-gen consoles. Yeah. I don't know if it's some sort of dedicated processing that goes on for that, or I don't know why it can't be ported back. I would love to see it, but 
you know, it is what it is. Uh, but uh, uh, Overall, he also, this was a concern for me in considering upgrading the console. And it's something, upgrading between console generations. And it's something that people uh, often ask about. I mean, our own Dave uh, asked in the chat when Laurent uh, posted his review. He was like, how does the Xbox uh, Series X feel overall? like in terms of performance. So that uh, Laurent noted in his review that everything feels snappier thanks to the new NVMe SSD. And in terms of load times, it takes less than 20 seconds to boot and opening apps and games are much faster when compared to an Xbox One X. Yeah, uh, and I believe uh, there have been some comparisons online. You can go on YouTube, I believe, to find them. They've also compared the Xbox Series X openings and resumes to the PS5, and they've been edging out uh, in most cases, in most instances, the Xbox Series X has come out of, uh, ahead of that. Okay, these are, you know, microscopic, you know, uh, the differences of, you know, maybe five or 10 seconds when opening and closing apps or games, which in a vacuum really doesn't mean very much to you, to the average person. It'll be, you know, it's, we compared to your previous console and to see your money's worth, it's, you know, nice, but try not to, I hope people try not to get caught in the my PS5 is faster than my Xbox. You know, they're both super fast for next-gen consoles. Um, what we will want to see going down the road, uh, you know, as we do continued uh, reviews and, and uh, write-ups about this uh, console, is the controller experience. I know that there have been a ton of oh, yeah. reports and, and, and reviews of the PS5's controller and it's haptics, things like that. I know that there have been some small tweaks uh, for the Xbox. Um, not didn't seem like a lot of reviewers that dove into those tweaks and 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 uh, benefits. Maybe because they're so uh, evolutionary versus revolutionary, like the PS5. But uh, we'll we'll try and see if we can get uh, Lauren to kind of look into the controller. If we get our own consoles personally, we'll, we'll write about that. He did like the controller, though. He did say that it looks and feels different from previous Xbox consoles, and but but there's a butt attached, quote. But <laughs> Microsoft made its new Xbox controller slightly smaller to make it more inclusive. It still feels great in the hands, and existing accessories such, such as Xbox One chat pad will still fit. Microsoft also has added texture grips on the triggers and bumpers. And finally, this has been a complaint for a lot of people, USB-C port for charging and a new share button and a redesigned D-pad. But a note on that sharing, something that Laurent mentioned in his review, I mean, it's kind of frustrating for him. He Something that he also wanted is support for native game streaming. I know you have some thoughts about Mixer. So now that Mixer is dead, there's no native streaming. You would have to open the Twitch app or YouTube and keep it running in the background. And by yeah. the way, PlayStation 4 has had that for years. Yeah, that's been its benefit. And I think the problem was that uh, Xbox was trying to sort out its streaming options. Um, so they didn't really have a dedicated button for it. They weren't using Twitch because they, it was a competitor at the time. Um, I don't see why they couldn't implement something like the PS4 and the PS5 will have and just making Twitch the default. I know uh, they're probably going to make Facebook gaming or whatever uh, if they do that option, the default, but they should have uh, a, a, a road or pathway for people to set a default stream and let that be you know, Twitch, Amazon, YouTube, or Facebook. But it's not all bad for Microsoft because if you guys recall, 
Uh, Microsoft is really pushing this uh, quick resume feature, and it's something that Laurent himself really liked in his console review experience. Yeah, so uh, you know, while um, you might have to switch between apps, uh, at least the quick resume is you know easy enough for people to open open up their instance of Twitch and then keep the game going and kind of hop back and forth if they need to. In that aspect, um, I know that they the game bar has a lot of settings that should i believe be ported over to the xbox um as far as customizations for the way streams are the way that you have your cameras positioned the audio that you pull in stuff like that i feel like all of that should be brought automatically to the xbox and if it isn't uh, on the roadmap hopefully somebody within the xbox team is listening and just bring those over i know that they're trying to merge the two platforms into just one kind of you know, mishmash of PC slash console experience, but as of right now, they're two separate, and the PC has a lot of features that the Xbox Series X can benefit from, for sure. Um, speaking also related to that is loading times, which is something, again, like I hinted earlier, he said, Lorenz said that it's not dramatically different, but it is different, and it's a big difference compared to the Xbox One X, which uses a regular hard drive. Yeah, I also think that's something that is um, beyond just a hard drive. It's something that developers have to start working right. with, uh, the way that they write their code into their games and the, the settings that they use for um, positions and how I think uh, the way the SSD is working for the PS5 and how people can kind of uh, go from loading, remove the loading screen altogether because of that. Uh, I know the SSD on the Xbox Series X is pretty quick, maybe not as quick or custom as that. But again, I think it's part of Xbox or Xbox responsibility slash developers and developers are just just now kind of getting their hands into these next gen consoles. So I believe in like three, three years, roughly, we'll start seeing even more impressive load, load times and load uh, experiences for people. Good segue into the game segment, which uh, Laurent, he played a couple of Xbox Series X and S optimized games during the time that he had the console. And he uh, most of the games were previously released titles like Horizon, Forza Horizon 4, Gears 5, and Sea of Thieves. But overall, he did, he did like the experience, and he's like, they look good and they play good on the console. Some of these games are getting Series X and S optimized updates, like like Kareem hinted at. But for now, he did he did like the overall gaming experience. But at the time when he wrote his review, he didn't have access to Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed, which were which he didn't have while he was writing the review. But he's he firmly believed that if he had these games, he would have enjoyed the gaming experience a little bit more. Yeah, it's uh it's tough. I think for both consoles, I know that Sony's leaning leaning hard with uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man. Right. Their, yeah. uh, PS5 slash PS4 um, flagship game, and it looks amazing from everything I've seen. Um, on the Xbox side, it's a little bit murkier uh, as far as what's going to be that cross-generational game that helps push sales for the Xbox. Um, like you said, I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, might be that one for the Xbox, even though it'll still be you know available for the PS. I just believe that the graphics and the 60, uh, 60 frames per second uh, will be a little bit more of a seller for the Xbox. Um, I'm not sure if Assassin's Creed 
on the PS5 will have ray tracing plus um, uh, this the 60 frames per second. I know I, I know I've seen a lot of reporting that it's one or the other, and I think it's both for the Xbox. So again, that's a benefit for them as far as games are concerned. We're still again early into this um, this console generation, and you know right now it's going to be the early adopters for the I believe the next three months or so. You know going in and swooping these consoles up uh for everyone else you know probably a march going into um the next e3 or whatever iteration that's going to be we'll start seeing pickup sales for um microsoft yeah so overall uh we're we're getting towards the end of the xbox segment now for you people who are who are getting a bit impatient so overall uh we asked lauren what does he think should people upgrade to the new xbox so pretty much he did say that it's a really great value at $500 and he thinks Microsoft will kick off this new console generation in a much better position thanks to a future-proof console and of course something that we talk about almost every single week, Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, Xbox Game Pass is, is a no-brainer for anybody in the Xbox ecosystem, I believe. Um, and for those who are new to it, um, just to get it to have games to play, um, to to have the, the digital download stuff uh, immediate and you know be able to cross play some of that stuff on your console as well um, is I think is is super beneficial. Um, and I want to also note because again I know we don't all live uh, with infinite amounts of money that uh, Microsoft does offer a financing uh, program which I think is pretty impressive. Um, again for about. 30 bucks, you get the console itself, you know, the four, the $500 console value and Game Pass included. Um, so you're paying for, you know, what normally would have been $15, I think, $14 for Game Pass and um, $500 for the console. For 30 bucks, you get both of those. And after two years, you get to own it. So for those of you who are, again, looking to get this console, get it early, um, maybe looking at that option as well. Yeah, there's plenty of value in the Xbox Series X. Yes. So speaking of value, uh, you know, a lot of people have been thinking uh, it's already November and Microsoft didn't refresh the Surface Pro lineup. But Where we was it? Did, but we did see a prototype float around and uh, Kareem will tell you guys about it. We saw something that was considered or called a prototype. I've been pouring mounds and mounds of salt over this story because uh, perhaps I'm just jaded and want to see um a new iteration of the <laughs> that, or the pro that isn't this but anyway the details of it are we saw on ebay someone had a listing for the surface pro 8 prototype um and they were very specific about pro 8 and prototype in the title um it was posted on october 31st uh so you know it wasn't april's fools or anything but <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was on ebay the starting price around 1300 um which is interesting um signifying that it's a price increase but for that for that price, people were able to bid on a, a model that had ES versions uh, um, of the 11th gen i7 processor. They also were able to, it seems like this prototype, which is designed probably for engineers and developers early on, was packed with 32 gigs of RAM, uh, and it maxed out about um, the Pro 7, which maxes out at 16. So, you know, there's uh, you know, we're looking at something that's going to be potentially used for uh, enterprise and some other kind of things that are outside of just, you know, everyone picking up a regular PC. 
it had a one terabyte of Samsung's SSD, uh, which is again is another benefit. Uh, again, at thirteen hundred dollars, I believe this Surface Pro even prototype, if it, if it is true, it looks to be about the top tier model of whatever's coming out. Now, the reason why I'm pouring salt on it uh, is because it looks from the pictures itself as just a regular Surface Pro 7. Uh, there was no uh, redesign. There was no uh, hardware updates or anything to it. it. It looks like it's just a, a spec refresh. And there have been rumors about a spec refresh coming in the first quarter, um, and that's mostly due to uh, uh, COVID-related uh, uh, manufacturing. Supplies, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'll let Eric talk about it because, like I said, I am hoping that, you know, while the specs are amazing, that we get something that's sim more similar to the Pro X in design. I mean, it's they've been using that same body for, what, five years now? I mean, the, the Pro X is, has a Qualcomm chips inside, and Microsoft is able to make the device so thin because of the choice of CPU. And uh, I know Tiger Lake, they, they do have fans on board. So I don't think Microsoft would be able to slim down the Pro 8 and put a Tiger Lake uh, CPU inside. So it wouldn't be too surprising to see that maybe this prototype model is actually what will be out there. I mean, it's kind of been rinse and repeat anyway over the past couple generations, more evolutionary rather than revolutionary. Yeah, and, and again, there's that's a very solid argument and, re and very sound. And, you know, for all we know, it's more accurate than what I'm hoping for. <laughs> um, but I, we have seen that they are able to, with this PixelSense display that they've been using for the last, I don't know, uh, five years plus new uh, form factors like the um, Surface Go 2 and the new uh, laptop, the Surface Go laptop as well, and the Pro X, that they've been able to at least shrink the bezels. Right. So if they can't make it thinner, they can at least give people more screen real estate. Uh, and the I.O. You know, needs to be updated. While they did add a, a USB-C, I think a, a secondary one, and kind of uh, – Eschewing the you know USB A at this point might be something that they can look into, um, you know maybe some improvements to the keyboard and the way that it you know kind of works and attaches to this new screen. Uh, those are kind of things that you know we would like to see, um, and it just looks like again like this is just a spec refresh. And um, I think when you have competitors who, well you know they're the flagship detachable, you know there are still some PCs that are you know offering you way more for that. Like I said in my HP Envy review. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, there, there, there are other avenues out there. So again, this could be part of um, just we have some uh, old Pro 7s that we could toss in some new specs and sell to Enterprise and continue our Q1 revenue streams. Or um, this isn't true at all, and this guy just upsold a modded out Pro 7. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That that's something that I do want to point out. It it's it, it is easy to manipulate those benchmarks and those pages to make it look like you have a certain processor inside. So like Kareem said, mounds and mounds and mounds of salt here. You it's not something to say that it is coming with a uh, Tiger Lake inside and that it 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 will look the same. But based off of Microsoft's pattern, like I'm saying, it is a possibility that it it probably will end up going that way. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, they could, there's always room for Microsoft to disappoint. 
it's like the it's like the Jello saying. There's always room for Jello. There's always room for Microsoft disappointment. Okay, but something that doesn't disappoint people is Microsoft Teams. Not Jesus. not not generally. <laughs> but but if you're a little bit uh, on the older side or using an older version of of Windows with IE 11 and you haven't yet tried out the new awesome version of Microsoft Edge, we have some tough news for you. Yeah, um, it looks like uh, the company has now started sending out emails to Office 365 subscribers reminding them to switch over to the new Chromium-based version um, before November 30th. So use Edge because sooner or later you won't because be able just use Teams, it because it's better. You won't you won't be able to use Teams in Internet Explorer 11 starting later in November. So Microsoft is letting everyone know it's time to jump to New Edge if you want to keep using the Teams web app. Sorry, I should have confirmed it's the Teams web app, not Teams itself. <laughs> yeah, uh, for all you you know ActiveX holdouts, I think now is the time to let it go. Start uh, if you can sending your code over for Chromium Edge. And for you people who work for multiple places and have different Teams accounts, we do have some good news for you on that front too. Micro, a little rumor was circulating that a new capability is coming to Teams soon in December. Uh, it was added on the Microsoft 365 roadmap and a Microsoft employee on Twitter wanted to clarify a bit that soon you'll be able to switch between multiple accounts with Teams, but only initially it won't be work accounts. You'll be able to switch between work and personal accounts. But yeah, it's a start. Is, yeah, it's a start. Um, it's definitely something that's been needed and, and kind of a, a head scratcher as to like why you couldn't. I mean, if you can do it for Outlook or or Word or things like that, why couldn't you do it for Teams? But you know, uh, obviously, there's some kind of framework behind uh, Teams that was preventing it that has now been overcome. So. Um, for your select few, even I mean, I know that Teams is you know building its numbers and it's growing, but in you know in retrospect to the marketplace, it's still pretty niche for a lot of people. And for those, for the ones that are even further niche that have two instances of having to use Teams, this is a, a benefit for you guys. Again, it was rumored that it would be coming by the end of this year, but apparently, it's not coming until 2021. I mean, so, let's be honest. It, it, this this year has been going on way too long, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Let's just jump to 2021, where we start seeing some new stuff, and and, and hopefully it'll be better. One more piece of Teams news: a uh, new capability to re reply to specific messages is also coming to Teams soon. So the desktop version of Teams is finally getting to feature, which has been on the mobile apps for quite a while, which lets you reply and quote to messages instead of starting new messages. Uh, Michael Buan, a ter territory channel ma ma manager for modern work at Microsoft, had the news on his LinkedIn. But apparently there's no estimated time of arrival just yet. Yeah, um, we, you know, we always have to be knowledge, uh, acknowledging the fact that when these things come out on people's personal, uh, even on LinkedIn's a business account, their personal blogs or postings like that, that um, these aren't necessarily official, uh, even though he works in, uh, in on the platform and it's specifically on the team itself. Um, so again, we're hoping that this, uh, you know, he's saying it's coming, which is probably why he didn't give an ETA, but um, also don't expect it uh, anytime soon. 
speaking of ETA, we have some, we're now moving into our week ahead segment. And coming up this week is a big moment for Microsoft, the Xbox Series X launch on November 10th. Yeah, we've been we've been talking about it since forever. Um, so and it'll be here next week. Um, and we'll see what they do as far as uh, um, the, the digital festivities um, and, and kind of I'm hoping that they're passing out a ton of uh, achievements and awards for people to kind of get them incentivized to not only get back on their Xbox if they've gotten off of it, but to go out and purchase the new one. Because I know I think uh, in when they released the Xbox One, uh, one X, they had a ton of day one achievements that could only be had on that console. So those of you who were scavengers for or achievement scavengers, maybe this will be the time to, to crack open that case and start playing early. And they're planning a global live stream event, and it kicks off at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And you'll see various celebrities and members of the Xbox team and content creators and partners from around the world uh, on their YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook gaming streams. I don't know who you're going to see on Facebook gaming, but <laughs> at, least, at least on YouTube and Twitch, we could probably expect to see Snoop Dogg and I Justine and some other ones. It'll be interesting to see if we can you can get back um, Ninja. Uh, I feel like he owes some people some appearances for Xbox. But being the evil corporation that they are, Apple is also holding an event on November 10th. Yeah, um, and it's interesting that um, it has nothing to do about gaming. So it just <laughs> it just happens to coincide with uh, their their squeeze into the last uh, bit of. Um, 2020 to, to get out some products um it's rumored I, I don't know if it's beneficial but it's rumored that they're gonna be finally taking the wraps off their first uh our macbooks um and i think they'll probably uh, introduce some intel ones alongside of those i don't expect to see uh, a ton of refreshed design hardware i know a lot of people are like oh this is the super thin and you know ultra capable versions i think these are just going to be macbook pros with arm processors in them uh, and probably some astounding battery life. But aside from that, I, I don't expect much out of that. Do you think these are MacBooks can give Microsoft a run for the money? Um, I, I've, I've been going back and forth with Lauren about this and how I don't think that these travel in the same spheres. Um, even Windows and ARM I, isn't a MacBook ARM competitor. Um, I honestly believe people who are into mac os and people who are in windows 10 are really stationed in those camps right yeah um, there aren't going to be people that see a you know 25 hour macbook pro or macbook or, or macbook and say oh i'm going to ditch 20 years of windows os to get that i, I don't see that crossover um what i do see is that uh, it's going to have to push um the windows on arms team to get their version of rosetta down so that their apps uh will shine and and people won't have a even have a necessity or inch inkling to to even consider that um on the macbook side again that's what i think when we think of our macbooks apple has been working on this for many many years now and they they've obviously i mean i can't say obviously because we don't have one but i do think they've tried tried took their time and ensured that these apps and mac os in general will work good with arm chipsets which is something that We've seen people complain about with the Surface Pro X and Microsoft's own SQ1. It doesn't necessarily run the same way an Intel processor would. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, taking a thirty thousand foot view of this entire thing, you also have to understand that this arm push for uh, for for Apple's side of the of the of the field isn't so much to bring old uh, x86 apps over; it's to make the iOS platform more presentable on a on a traditional laptop and and things like that. While it you know with the benchmarks for uh, x86 apps and things like that are you know standing based on what we've seen so far. Um, it isn't to incorporate these old school apps. It's to make sure that the iOS ones have been working well. And they've been slowly doing that in plain sight. Like, you know, we've been seeing um, iOS updates after iOS updates bring in more desktop features, and things like that. So right. um, once they make the switch and you're able to have all of your iPad apps on your uh, Mac, um, that's when people will see that, that benefit, that library of apps. As far as the Mac is concerned right now, they don't have a ton of amazing apps. They, I mean, they're the ones that are there are really well designed, but their their app store is barren, and they've been people have been relying on you know the web on a Mac to run everything they need. Right. But speaking of app stores, uh, something that uh, has a lot of apps are iPhones. Yeah, I mean, speaking of of of, of uh, Mac OS uh, on ARM. <laughs> Like I said, this is the preparation for it. Uh, they've taken all their expertise from iPhones and iOS and iPad, and they're now moving it to ARM and leading into this segue. Um, you're so, getting, oh, I think you have some news. I think you need to tell some people. <laughs> actually, you were actually doing a good job introducing it. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, um, our buddy here is uh, getting his, his uh, long-awaited uh, iPhone <laughs> 12 Pro Max, which is a mouthful. And he's doing that uh, as a person who had a Microsoft Surface Duo. Right. And so, and so now you're wondering, does he have an, iPro, uh, an iPhone Pro Max or does he have a Surface Duo? So my Duo, I did send it back because I had an issue oh. with the with the USB-C port. So, uh, and all uh, not necessarily a good ending. So I did invest <laughs> in an iPhone 12 Pro Max instead. And I uh, obviously, you guys probably think of Apple as probably the same way that Fortnite does, which is an evil, bad Apple. But you guys have to remember that Microsoft is a company now that invests in multiple platforms, and they do have apps on iOS. So I'm kind of curious now, especially with iOS 14 and the ability to switch, switch swap out default apps, what is it like having a, a premium phone like the 12 Pro Max as a Microsoft fan? Can you live with an iPhone as a Microsoft fan? So I pre-ordered the phone and I have it and I'll be reviewing it from the Microsoft perspective and comparing it to using like, uh, obviously your phone doesn't work with iPhones and I've been an advocate for Dell Mobile Connect. So it's something that I wanna talk about, like can you use an iPhone and still have a Windows PC and be tied into that Microsoft ecosystem. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and, and throw an early spoiler alert because I believe you can. <laughs> I think people are doing it every day. Uh, aside from messaging, I don't see the huge drawback. I mean, a lot of the apps, while are nice. I mean, the app experience on on any mobile platform is really nice. It's designed for it. But I mean, these all come from web properties, essentially. There are very few mobile first, mobile only experiences. Um, and so, uh, you know, any place that you, you're doing your banking, you can do it on the web. 
Uh, if you're doing, uh, you know, any type of, you know, property searches and things like that that are location based, you can still do that with your with your desktop. So I don't foresee too huge of a complication. Again, messaging may be the only place where you run into that brick wall iMessage and no alternative on Windows. Yeah, it's pretty much a walled garden, but there are there are workarounds to get it to work. Yeah, just don't let Apple know about them. Yeah, obviously you might <laughs> go the way of Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so for that 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 sums up that you guys who didn't want to hear about iPhones can mute unmute me now and have Kareem address the elephant in the room, which is the United States election and how it relates to Microsoft's business. Yeah, as we said off the top, uh, we have a new president. Uh, we'll have a new administration, uh, I believe, the, the end of January. So we still have two more months or a month and a half of the current administration. And uh, just how it relates to Microsoft, <clears throat> as we said, um, they've already come out and congratulated uh, the new president and vice president and uh, assuming whatever administration he chooses. Uh, and again, I don't believe this is exclusive to Microsoft. I believe Apple and Google and and you know, Twitter and Snapchat, every CEO will probably have their own congratulatory expressions uh, for this administration. Um, but as far as Microsoft in specific, uh, we mentioned again the Jedi Project and some other instances in where um, Microsoft and the Trump administration have kind of uh, crossed paths. Uh, not only was it the Jedi contract, which is still being uh, contested by Amazon and their uh, main contention is that uh, the Trump administration kind of put its thumb on the scale in favor of Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft has not uh, publicly uh, acknowledged those claims specifically. They've just gone on and kind of said that they are working uh, as fast and as best as they can to get uh, the Department of Defense um, up and going with this new contract. Um, the other place where they crossed paths was recently with TikTok. Well, where Microsoft seemingly lost the bid, uh, and again there has been a lot of back uh, backroom talk about how that went down and how Microsoft lost that to uh, Ellison and um, um, Oracle, uh, which is a, a competitor to to Microsoft. So again, just knowing that we have a new administration and kind of a clean slate for everyone in tech, uh, Microsoft again is trying to make friendly with this administration to, again, assume, avoid any type of uh, negative uh, ire from the administration. Exactly. And the statement that Brad Smith put out on Twitter uh, is like a couple of minutes after CNN and the other major outlets called the election. I'm quoting it here. He said, as we did in 2016, we offer our congratulations to the president and vice president-elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. As we move forward as a nation, we look forward to helping build bridges to close the gaps that divide us. And he linked to a blog post from Microsoft, which pretty much lays out those plans. Uh, we'll have the link in the description, and it, it's a layout of how they look forward to working with the administration. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what positions this administration takes as far as tech is concerned and uh, the, you know, just in general, how, how they address tech and, and some of the shortcomings that we've seen. We know that uh, there have been calls recently, um, especially by the Republican senators, to to bring up people like um, Mark Zuckerberg and, and um, uh, who's the CEO for, for Twitter? Uh, Jack, 
Char- Dorsey, I believe Char- it is. Dorsey, yeah. To kind of drag these guys out. Um, and we'll see. I know um, there are other senators, the Democratic ones, who, who are close to this administration, like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who want to break break up big companies. And Google's already in an antitrust suit right now with the current administration, the Trump administration, about being broken up as well. So uh, it's it's new ground for everybody uh, with this new administration. And in their blog post, Microsoft did take a kind of a both ways approach. They quote that they, they had to lead the blog posts is that every president elect deserves our congratulations, best wishes and support for the country as a whole. The peaceful transition of power has been an enduring and vital part of our democracy for over two centuries and it remains so today. Those are the words that they used four years ago for the Trump administration and they're using it again once more. So yeah, there it is. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's about all we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> not not taking sides or anything, just stating the simple facts that Microsoft put out the statement and they, they want to comment on the election results. Yeah, basically. So <laughs> take it take it for what for what it's worth. And I think that's that's a good way to end the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we can let people go and have their rest of their weekend and, and, and the rest of the great week that's coming up and, and just know that again we'll be reporting on any and everything that comes out uh microsoft related and even those things that aren't which you know seems to be hobbies for everything uh, these days yeah um so yeah we'll be reporting on everything just keep it keep it locked oh i also want to say congratulations to again all everyone who participated in the legion uh 5i giveaway uh, those of you uh that are got their uh, their subscriptions for uh, Game Pass. Again, congratulations. You know, we had a big winner. Uh, he just received uh, the the laptop itself uh, after a shipping snafu. But again, we're hoping to have all of you continue to read us, continue to participate. And at some point, maybe we'll bring you on to, to talk about your experience as, as, a, as a reader and a listener uh, uh, to our podcast and to our um, website. Yeah, thanks again, everyone. We've made it through 10 episodes now. It's our big uh, 10. Big one Big one We're going into number 11 next week. And like Kareem said, we always like hearing your feedback. So be sure to drop us a comment in the YouTube comments below and send us your comments to podcast at oddmicrosoft.com and tweet us. Uh, Kareem is at Mindhead1 and I am at ABACJURN. So be sure to talk to us. We're good people. We yeah, always listen I mean, to I the mean, people. We're very new at this, so any uh, comments, questions, suggestions, uh, we'll take into consideration just to make this a better experience for both myself, my co-host, and for you guys as well. Uh, we we want to make sure we're, we're getting everything covered. Yeah. Any final words? uh yeah wear a mask stay safe um and have a you know have a great night or a great day whenever time you're listening to this and enjoy yourself thank you everyone for listening and see you again here next sunday same place same time see you guys